0: Starbucks plans to add to their amazing perks by adding medical benefits, extra medical benefits, this time for mental health. Meanwhile, Texas is forcing LSU to do something very silly and petty in their opening game football. They made the band sit way, way, way up into the nosebleeds and Nikki Milaj says she is done with the rap game. She's retiring and people are freaking the F out. Those three stories really big for the week, but not quite large enough that you said they are top 10 material. We'll get to those in a while, but first we'll get to the top 10 as per you, as said by you here on The Wrap-Up Show from This Is A Conversation. This is a show for the week ending September the 14th, 2019. And welcome to the show. As not said as normal, my name is Jay Cleveland Payne. As said... This is the wrap-up show. It comes from This is a Conversation, a part of the Conversation Project. And this is the show for the week ending Saturday, the 14th of September. Now, today being recorded on the Friday the 13th, I must say Saturday the 14th, one of my favorite parody movies from back in the early 80s. Saw it on in the movie channel over and over again. Look it up. It's pretty horrible. But, you know, for a 12-year-old, it was pretty darn funny. Uh, we are see nothing unlucky about today. We are happy to have a chance to speak with you, conversate with you, all All week long, and to tell you on this day how things wrapped up in those conversations. Now, how do these conversations, as we call them, happen? It's very simple here for this uh, podcast and for the website. This is a is a website that has a following on social media. For Facebook, follow This is the Conversation. Same for Instagram as well. And for Twitter, go to thconversation. As you follow those conversations inside of those social media links, social media sites, every 50 minutes or so, we post a link to a different news story from different sources. Some of them more reputable than others. Some of them you just may not like, but most of them are pretty good, solid stories. Every so often we get duped, but those can turn to be pretty funny as well. And all you need to do as those stories get popped up, the headlines pop in, engage with the headlines engage with the links read the stories that'd be nice as well but you can just simply like love share reply to the links as they come through in your social media and as they get more engagement the higher to go up the higher the scores they come to on friday mornings we pull them off all the data we put them in a spreadsheet that weighs everything equally and give you a composite score for top to bottom this week we go to the bottom at 203 different responses and we'll tell you what that story is, along with give shout-outs to people who gave us extra special love and attention in the second segment of this podcast. Segment number three ha- covers what we call the rounding out the top 15. So the three stories you heard in the tease, plus two others, 11 through 15, we'll go through them very quickly in the third segment of the show. But the first segment is dedicated to the top 10, the stories that you actually said you liked the best, Counting them down from 10 to 1 to make a bit more suspenseful. So you'll hear me give you the headlines, give you some details on how they rank, out and read a bit of them so you can get the gist just in case you missed out on the story over the week to contact me directly email the show at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and as we said facebook it's this is the conversation and twitter look for th underscore conversation Let's get the party started right with one of the few. We have a few holdovers from Dorian happening this week. And this is one that hovered pretty high for the week. And I didn't think it would make it into the top 10, but it did barely make it into at the 10 spot. Make it into this morning, which to say. The headline for that one is Florida nurse gives birth while on duty during Hurricane Dorian. Quote, I was in the perfect place. The story uh, came to us on Friday, September the 6th. The headline source is People.com. Some lines from that story, as per them. A pregnant Florida nurse went to labor three weeks early during her shift at Melbourne Hospital as Hurricane Dorian's severe rain and heavy winds hit up the coast. Laura Savo volunteered to work at Health First Homes Regional Medical Center on Monday amid warnings that Hurricane Dorian threatened the Florida East Coast, according to a hospital statement to People. She went to labor that day three weeks early and gave birth to daughter Penelope on Tuesday morning. Quote, I was in the perfect place to have my baby and was so glad to be here in the hospital, Suazo said in a statement. I was definitely surprised I went to labor three weeks early, but have had absolutely wonderful experience. Mother and baby are doing well, according to the statement. Little Penelope is one of eight babies born at the hospital during Hurricane Dorian between Monday and Tuesday, hospital spokesperson tells People. So more details uh, in the story, which basically goes into details on Hurricane Dorian deeper on and a few more things about the baby. Uh, if you go to our website, this is a conversation.com, Click on the link for this week's podcast podcast week ending September 14th, 2019. We'll have links to every single story that we talk about here here on the podcast link. So you can read deeper into them and share them with other people who may not believe them as you would. Moving on to the next story, it is in the number nine spot. This story gets a bump of response. That means more people reacted to this story on social media than the past story in the 10th spot of 1.3%. Our headline for this story is Kanye West buys massive $14 million Wyoming ranch. Friday, September the 6th is the date that was posted. Headlines from the source in this one, TMZ, because they would be all over something like this. Here's a few lines from the TMZ. Kanye West is not just a Wyoming visitor anymore because he's learned he just, because we've learned he just bought a massive property. Kanye plunged down some serious money on a property called Monster Lake Ranch. The asking price was $14 million for the huge chunk of land outside Cody, Wyoming. The ranch itself has eight lodging units and is known for monster trout fishing. It has two freshwater lakes, a restaurant, an event center, and even facilities and meeting facilities. Can't read today. And it's a ranch ranch. Right, so there are lots of those horse barns, corrals, and lots of horsies. Fun fact, Cody is known as the rodeo capital of the world. Imagine Sunday service at the rodeo. We're told that Kanye did not pay full price, but we don't know exactly what he plucked down. The property itself is more than 90,000 acres. He owns 45,000 of those acres, and the rest is leased to the federal government. So there you go. Kanye can now officially say he's going back to the ranch and officially be going back to an actual ranch. I don't know if that's irony or coincidence, but it's, I, I thought it was pretty funny. Let's move on. Story at the number eight spot this week has this headline, An Army First, Two Sisters Become Generals. USA Today, the source for this one, Friday, September 6th, also the date this was posted, and this was the highest rated Facebook story of the week, by the way, 3.85% total response, more responsive than the number nine story. From the USA Today article, Their brother, Russ Lodi, calls them leadership junkies. If you're a soldier, you better just call them ma'am and salute. Major General Maria Barnett and younger sister Major General Paula Lodi are each accomplished in their own fields. But together, they have become the first two sisters the Army believes to attain the general rank on the service's 244-year history. Quote, Major General Maria Barnett and Brigadier General Paula Lodi represent the best America has to offer, says Acting Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy. However, this comes at no surprise to those who have known them and loved them throughout their entire extraordinary journey. This is a proud moment for the families and for the Army. Fathers and sons have risen to general, including General George Casey, who retired as Chief of Staff of the Army. His father, Major General George Casey Sr., was killed in action in Vietnam. Then there are the Brooks family. Leo Brooks retired as a Brigadier General, and his sons, Leo Jr. and Vincent, went on to become one- and four-star generals, respectively. There is even a wife and husband team of three stars, Laura and James Richardson. Sisters would have to wait. The military didn't officially accept women into the ranks until the Army Nursing Corps was established in 1901. Women of course served unofficially before that, some in disguise since the Revolutionary War, according to the US Army Women's Museum. The Pentagon and Congress had limited limited the role of women in combat until opening the fields in 2015. Since then, more than a dozen women have graduated from the Army's Ranger School, it's proven grounds for elite infantry soldiers. Command of combat units is key to assessing the higher ranks. Into the military. Overall, women make up more than 16% of the military's active duty force of 1.3 million. Women account for 69 of the 417 generals and admirals. More deeper insights into the story, as we've said, uh, go to the website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this story in the eight spot this week. This is a pretty darn good story, a pretty awesome story. And for people who are looking for progressiveness in this world and progressiveness for women's issues, uh, this hits on both counts. Uh, there's really nothing bad you can say about this story, and if you're don't, if you not on board with something like this, there might be something really, really wrong with you. And you can figure out what that is on your own because we are moving on to number seven story. And this one takes a bite, a serious bite in seriousness. Also a serious bite into uh, the month as this is September Suicide Prevention Month. It was actually this week, the 10th, I believe, was Suicide Prevention Day. And we're talking once again about a prominent person who has committed suicide. With that, another reminder of the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255, 800 273 Talk that is a number to call man 24 hours a day seven days a week if you need someone to talk to you can talk to them you can t- talk to me if you want to uh, reach out to me via the social media or email this or the conversation inbox at gmail.com and we'll have a conversation you want to you can also find the prevention lifeline online at suicide prevention org. now on to the story that is in the seventh spot a very sad story to get into for this day something we wish we didn't have to but it's something that unfortunately is what we're dealing with pastor author and mental health advocate jared wilson dies by suicide religiousnews.com is the source for this one but it took this is one that took a few days to kind of pick up on and yes a lot of people picked up on this one wednesday september 11th is the day it was actually posted 6.72 percent bump in response from the eight story to the nine story Here are some of the lines that were in the story from Religious News. Jared Wilson, a California church leader, author, and mental health advocate, died by suicide Monday evening, September 9th, at age 30. Wilson, known as a passionate preacher, most recently was an associate pastor at Mega Church Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. A co-founder of the mental health nonprofit Anthem of Hope, Wilson was open about his own depression, often posting on his social media accounts about his battles with mental illness. Quote, at the time like this, there are just no words that said harvest senior pastor, Greg Laurie in a statement. Sometimes people may think that as pastors or spiritual leaders, we are somehow above the pain and struggles of average people. We are the ones who are supposed to have all the answers but we do not. At the end of the day, pastors are just people who need to reach out to God for his help and strength each and every day. That's also from Lori. His wife, Julianne Wilson, posted a photo tribute to her husband on Instagram. The photo slideshow shows him fishing in his happy place. She described her husband as loving, giving, kind-hearted, encouraging, handsome, hilarious. From her, no more pain, my Jerry, No more struggle. You are made complete and you are finally free. Suicide doesn't get the last word. I won't let it. You always said, hope gets the last word. Jesus does. She also added. So you can go through this link here as you can see more about the story here from uh, Jarrett Wilson here. And a lot of the, the story from here goes on to other people. We're doing what we do nowadays and give our condolences via social media, via Twitter most likely. There are other stories that go deeper into the story. This one does keep deeper into the story as well, uh, but you can check those out online. You can start by clicking the link for this story at our website thisistheconversation.com and of course go into the links for all the stories, more details for all of them, but you can see more of the tributes here in this story particularly, and you can also see more uh, details from the actual incident as it went down. Once again, a quick reminder that if you're not feeling so great and you need someone to talk to, the Su- National Suicide Prevention Hotline is always manned. Always manned. 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255, 800-273-TALK, or check out suicidepreventionlifeline.org for another way to get in contact with someone. Find someone locally. Find a friend. Find someone to talk to. We need you to stick around because we need whatever it is you're doing. Trust me, you may not think it's all that great. We need you here. Period. Let's move on to the seventh, the sixth story, I should say. This headline is this. California to force NCAA to pay athletes BoingBoing.net is the source, so you can take that for what it's worth. Tuesday, September the 10th, the day we posted this one, a bump in response from the number seven story of 1.23% there. So you may or may not think that this is a serious source for, you know, actual taking things in, but the story is extremely serious. So let's read a little bit of what they have. It just so happened that we pulled it from this. This is what popped up in our aggregator, so we pulled this. So this is where we're it, and you guys apparently thought it was a six-spot story. Here we go. The NCAA is notoriously an amateur league, but the only thing amateur about it is that the athletes, who risk their health and even their lives, are unpaid, while the universities effectively own and operate wildly profitable pro sports teams. California State Senator Nancy Skinner, Democrat, has co-sponsored the Fair Act to Play Act, which entitles California college athletes to get paid for, quote, the use of their names, images, and likenesses, unquote. The bill, popular with both labor activists and five market ideologues, that's a hard word to say, passed the assembly Monday 72 to 0. Governor Newsom is expected to sign the bill in the next 30 days, and it would go into effect in 2023. So it's going to take a while for this thing to happen. A bit more from the story. The NCAA and the colleges that back it strongly oppose the legislative legislation Athletes like LeBron James strongly support it, quote, and James has received public support from Bernie Sanders. College athletes are workers, pay them. That got confusing, but that's something that Bernie Sanders has said that James has also said. Colleges say it spells the end of California's participation in collegiate sports, predicting that California teams will be excluded from national play. Quote, they don't mention the possibility that other states will pass legislations similar to California, so let me just go deeper into this very quickly so we can stay on the pithiness of what's happening here, or hopefully stay in the pithiness of what's happening here. Because people, if you've followed any sort of college ath- athletics, uh, you will know that people pay big time for college sports. College sports is not just basically supporting your, your alma mater and you just having someone to have uh, something to cheer on to bring people together on the weekends. It actually is very big money, especially football and basketball. Now, where things get really dicey are most of the sports in the colleges in NCAA don't make very much money. But football and basketball to some point, baseball, maybe track and field, things that can get a lot of coverage on TV and get a lot of sponsorships make a lot of money. And people pay, if you've gone to a college lately, big bucks to go sit in a college football stadium and make things happen there. So the big issue is these guys are playing for a lot of people and earning their universities a lot of money. So they should be getting paid. Then the argument comes to the guys that don't make a lot of money. Should they be getting paid as well? And to just the fact that there's half amateur status, they are playing for a quote-unquote long-term contract when they go professional if they are good enough. This is something that will never be fully, uh, fully uh, uh, worked out because some people always have an issue with how things are working. But this is something that apparently is going to be pushed. California is apparently one of the first states to really push to pay players. And if they pay players that like we said, that means the whole state will be not exempt from playing in other college sports with the other non non non-professionals. But if California goes forward, maybe other states will go forward and maybe it'll turn to some sort of pay scale. Making it fair, I'm not sure how that works out, but it is something that apparently is what's going to happen, things that are going forward at the moment. Headline for story number five, Bahamas' death toll is rising as 70,000 residents left homeless by Hurricane Dorian seek food and shelter. This was posted on Saturday, September the 7th. This is a story with a bumper response of 1.2% in that case. And the story source for this one is coming from CNN. I'm going to go deep uh, quickly into this one. I'm not going to read in this one because we know the story. And Dorian now basically two weekends out past the big storm when it started and hit the Bahamas and slowly went through and caused some issues here for the states and oddly enough, Nova Scotia. uh, There are 70,000 people per account on this story per September 7th who have nothing left. They're homeless. They have no No physical structures to go to. If you've seen the pictures, which I'm sure you've seen some of them, devastation looks like the the basically stereotypical a bomb went off. Everything is flattened. Buildings that do survive are basically a couple walls and no roofs. Uh, What's been happening down there is people in some of the richer areas, because it's very beautiful land, people who had insurance and had things take care of have had adjusters there already checking things out and getting things to work in some of those places and spreading the love as they can. Also, many people are doing what they can to help the the effort. Some of the more, I say, random-ish, uh, random-ish celebrities that you know are giving giving helping and support. People who may have homes down there, people who may visit down there, people who you would not expect to see doing stuff. I've seen uh, stories with Lenny Kravitz uh, going down there. I've seen stories with Bethany Frankel, of all people, with a charity that helps out in these things. So people are helping out what they can, but when 70,000 people... I no longer have a place to live and the the conditions are totally deteriorated and a lot of them having places, finding issues, getting other places as well. This is something that we will be dealing with for quite some time. Hopefully it will get better quicker because we know times are going to get worse right now. The Bahamas is dealing with another storm event that's on its way. Obviously, when people don't have a place to stay, roof over their heads, rain's going to be an issue. We'll see how they get through this and see what happens on the back end of that one. Let's keep moving. Story number four. And here is where we do some, we're, we're, we're eliminating the housekeeping. I'll talk about that a little bit in the next segment. But uh, we have two stories in this this block that deal with Team USA basketball. And they're two separate stories, although they're more or less similar. We kept them separate. We'll talk about that when we get to the second one. This story is the number four story this week. You guys thought basketball was that important, so it's here. Headline is, Team USA angered by Antia Campopo brothers after FIBA World Cup foul. SI.com the source for this one, Sunday, September 8th is the date we posted it. This story itself gets a bump in response from the number 5 story of 26.35% and of course we're talking about the Greek freak who uh, we are just going to go Giannis from this point and his brother who also plays on the Greek team, uh, Theonis so we're not going to say the, the last name because I just butcher it every time. But there was an issue with a very hard foul that was um, dealt with with Dionis Deonis, T-H-A-N-A-S-I-S, uh, that happened inside of game involving the Greek team and the USA team, which was already struggling. They did end up getting a win in that one, 69-53. Uh, but it was extremely chippy in the final minutes. You can click on the link. Inside of conversation.com for this week's podcast, week ending September the 14th, 2019. And you can read deeper into the story. Now, we all know that uh, Giannis is the reigning MVP for the league in the NBA and one of the most impress- impressing and sometimes oppressing players out there on the court. He has definitely grown into his own skin and is doing things that are oddly enough things that the Bucs' team have not seen in quite some time. And so this is another bit proof that the United States is losing ground worldwide in sports, and especially in basketball, as more players are getting better around the world and more of those better-around-the-world players are playing in the best league in the world, which is, you know, the NBA. That's a one-on-one league. However, with enough players playing one-on-one, they go back to their home teams, their national teams, is no longer Dream Team 1 or 2. It's essentially a bunch of smaller teams that are at, at accurate levels of competition. And trust me, we'll get to that in a minute. So a bit chippy in the final minutes of that game, which was actually won by Team USA, but barely is in a sense. Uh, like I said, there's another story coming up that will put an exclamation point on this story in just a moment. Number three story this week, Trump says Taliban leaders were coming to the U.S. for a Camp David meeting, but he canceled it. CNN politics is the source for this. Saturday, September the 7th, was David's posted. Bumpy response, just slight, from the four story of 0.47%. Just basically half a percent more than this one. But this one was a very, very big story that kind of snowballed in bits and pieces as people had a chance to ask the question and ask the questions surrounding this particular incident and it turned into a whole lot of mess up and down. Here's the the short version of what happened. After some craziness that happened over the weekend including a bombing happening in the Middle East that the Taliban actually took credit for, President Trump announced that he was canceling a meeting at T- Camp David that was going to involve the Taliban and then a separate meeting involving the president of Afghanistan when they basically signed the deal, put everything down in place for the peace fire whatever it was going to be with the Taliban, the peace treaty with the Taliban. Uh, because in Afghanistan, there's the government, which the United States put in place, and then the Taliban, which is doing their own thing regardless of what's happening. Uh, the Taliban, as I said, there was a bombing, a serious bombing, killed an American. They claim responsibility. President Trump sent out a tweet saying, okay, we're killing this. No pun intended. We're, we're dropping this, this thing that's happened at Camp David this weekend. It was supposed to happen on Sunday. Sunday is September the 9th. So i September the 8th. On Wednesday would be September the 11th. So, what we found out was, one, there was a secret meeting happening on Sunday night to talk about a peace with the Taliban. and People responsible for the September 11th attacks which happened about 18 years ago it was going to happen at Camp David where some of the initial well some some great peace talks have happened but some of the initial talks on what to do about the Taliban happened as well it was happening the week of 9-11 and it was just all sorts of insanity to prove the point that the Taliban offered up very little in the way on the front end of the peace talks, so why would they offer much in the ways of this one And so while the Taliban said it was more or less seeming like a trap that they weren't going to fall into anyway, the American people got really, really, really anxious on the fact that President Trump was inviting the Taliban on the week of September 11th to Camp David to have some sort of peace talks that they would probably not stick up to anyway. This caused some weird fractions within the American public and, of course, Some rumored weird infractions with members of the president's uh, cabinet, including apparently some very strong words from Mike Pence and John Bolton, who said they weren't so cool with that. Oh, by the way, John Bolton got fired this week. That happened as well. Not in this 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 uh, discussion particularly because we hadn't got there yet per this one, but it would get crazy in Trump world for stuff like that. So that's the gist of what happened. Trump announced to the world that there was supposed to be a secret meeting because it was a secret, and then so people have to de- deal with that, and then the repercussions of knowing all these things on the back end and, of course, finding out more details in the back end made it crazy week for Team Trump. Oh, back to Team USA, who had a crazy week as well. Very crazy week, I would say. Here's the headline for story number two. As we said, two separate stories. We didn't add them together for one massive story because they are two really different themes. Team USA basketball versus France score. United States suffers early exit in FIBA World Cup at hands of Rudy Gobert and company. CBS Sports, the source for this one, this came out on Wednesday, the 11th of September, Two point or 25.94% bump in response to the two-story from the three-story. And let's get you a couple lines from this one because, as we said, it's one thing to get chippy in a loss to Greece with one of the best players in the world. It's something else to get chippy and lose to the loss to France to some of the best players in the world. Team USA hopes of winning a third consecutive FIBA gold medal and sixth and international gold medal are now over. Consecutive, I should say. The United States lost to France 89-79 in the quarterfinals of the 2019 FIBA World Cup on Wednesday, snapping a streak of 58 straight wins in the international competition. It also marked the United States' first loss in the FIBA World Cup since 2006 when it lost to Greece in the semifinals. With the loss, the U.S. will fail to get a medal for only the second time in the last 10 editions of this tournament. The win sends France to the semifinals, where it will face Argentina, which scored an impressive upset victory over Serbia. Those two teams will go head-to-head on Friday, while Team USA will face off against Serbia in the cons- in the consolidation game on Thursday. Go deeper into the story by clicking the link inside of ThisIsTheConversation.com, the link for this week's podcast, as we said, it is the podcast for the week ending September the 14th, 2019. And, of course, if you're not liking the stories as they come by, that means you need to sign up for our social media links. TH underscore conversation for, for Twitter, I should say. And this is a conversation for Facebook. And as the stories come down, you need to get more engaged because this is a rarity where we have so many actual sports stories in two sports stories in the same sport popping up here just like this. This week's number one story come as a bit of a shock to me, although it shouldn't because consumer-based tech stories are really big around here and consumer based tech allows this thing to actually happen. So I should not have been as surprised, but let me just say I was with all the big things that happened this week, I'm surprised by some of those bigger stories that didn't make it in the top ten and by this one. Taking a cake this week, it's the top Twitter story for this week. It's a bumper response from the number two story of thirty two point five eight percent. From the number ten story this week, it is that was, of course, story of the Florida nurse giving birth during Hurricane Dorian. Its bumper response there was one hundred and twenty nine percent. And from the number two hundred and three story this week, we'll tell you that story's headline in the next segment but it was more responsive than that one by 35,300%. Here's the headline and then some bits and pieces from the story. Google Assistant's ambient mode turns Android devices into smart displays. It came from The Verge and was posted on Friday, September the 6th this week. Today at IFA, Google is announcing a new feature for Google's Assistant ambient mode. On a few upcoming Android phones and tablets, this new model will turn those devices into something like a Google Nest Hub. Display, when docked, it shows calendar info, weather notifications, reminders, music controls, and smart home controls. Also, like the Nest Hub, smart display it will automatically show a slideshow from your Google Photos account. It's not a new idea. Alexa has been turning tablets into little echo shows for a year or so. Google's version will work on a couple of the vinyl tablets and also, perhaps a little surprisingly, two upcoming Nokia phones. You'll get many of the benefits of the Nest Hub, but in a device that you can pick up and take with you because it's also an Android tablet or phone. It's potentially useful as a home remote too, quote, if you know how to set up your Android device to doing that along with assistance. Google implementation is, like many things involving Google Assistant these days, Little strange and a little uh, duplicative of current software. Duplicative of current software, though ambient mode on Google Assistant replicates some of Nest Hub's functionality. It's not exactly the same thing. Instead, it does stuff listed above. Is an interface that's be different from the Nest Hub. You can go to the link inside of the podcast for this week. This podcast is for the week ending September the 14th, 2019. And go deeper into this article if you are a Google head and see what it is that these tablets and phones will do for you. And probably soon all Google tablets and phones once it becomes something that's standard other than the Google different um, fragmentation issues as well. But check that out. Uh, This is the number one story this week, as per you guys. You guys said this is what was important. So that is what we're talking about. I don't write the script. You write the script. And this is how the script is written. You simply follow This Is The Conversation's social media sites or accounts on the sites, TH underscore conversation is us on Facebook and on Twitter. I've been saying that a lot today. TH underscore conversation is us on Twitter and we've been really big on Twitter lately. Need some more Facebook love. So look for this is a conversation on Facebook. Make sure that we are set to be the fault in your feed. Also, find us on Instagram as well. can't really vote there, but you can follow along with some of the things we have there. And throughout the day, we post a link usually every 50 minutes or so, unless there's something that gets in the way. And you can like the link, love the link, hate the link, share the link, respond to the link. Whatever you to engage with the link gives us a scores in the analytics for both those platforms, and we put them all together and put them in a the spreadsheet, weigh them out, so we have a raw score. That's only raw score. Actually, a weighted score that can tell you from top to bottom. As we said, this week, top is number one, as always. Bottom is number 203. And we'll go into what number 203 is. Plus, we will do some shout-outs to people who showed us extra love inside of the inside of the responses to Facebook and Twitter in just a moment on The Wrap-Up Show. This is coming from ThisIsAConversation.com with me, Jay Cliff and Payne, for the week ending September the 14th, 2019. This is a conversation.com, and the conversation project is powered by you. So, this podcast powered directly by you. You can help us do the powering by being a direct sponsor by being a Patreon fan or Patreon Patreon. Go to this is a conversation.com slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash This is a conversation. Both things send you to the same place, generally, the Patreon page, to become a monthly patron. You can also just go to the website and visit our sponsors. Click the links that we have at our sponsor pages, and they will send you two links that, if you go with them, we get a little bit on the end there. So you pay for what you're going to pay for anyway. We get a cut of it, and you usually get an actual deal if you go through our links. That's what you get when you use the link we have for Cloud9 Living. And I have to quickly address something that people brought to my attention. If you go to our website and see the links for Cloud9 Living, you'll see banner ads that will say they have over 1,800 different experiences nationwide. And then I'll say something like over twenty, over 2,000 experiences nationwide. That's because they actually have over 2,000 experiences nationwide. They just... I've never updated this banner. It's the one that I like the best, oddly enough. This is the banner that sort of works for us. It's semi-generic so it goes to whatever we post out there. So the banner is not, the banner is lying to you. its They actually have more experiences than you can actually count on the banner. They're all over the website. And click on the link and you can see all the experiences that they have. Some of them are great massage spa experiences. Some of them are really cool race car experiences. Some of them are really cool golf experiences. Some are just simple nights out in the town that that you can enjoy with a loved one or by yourself a good dinner by yourself sometimes is really awesome and the good thing about using the link that we have is they'll give you a gift off for your gift certificates an extra chunk off your gift certificates which of course as we say the value never expire you hold on to them forever in a day and on that day when you change when you cash them in they will not lose a single penny you can also book an experience up front then change your mind and change it for the exact cash value for something else. Penny for penny, they take good care of you. And as I said, with over 2,000 experiences across the nation, there's something that you'd probably like to do that they can help you do. Click our link at our website, go to one of the banners we have there, or just go to this is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. That's the numeral nine. This is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. And what you do when you go through that link, they'll give you an extra chunk off your gift certificate. So you can buy the experience now or at least the money for it and pick your experience later or give it to anyone you want to so they can have their own great experience. Check it out. They'll take good care of you. and are taking good care of my family over the years. And I know they want you in for one of their experiences. They are at Cloud9Living. A quick moment for shout outs to people who showed us extra love inside of Facebook and Twitter this week. Extra responsiveness to the things that we posted on our social media feeds. Starting off on the Facebook this week, we're going to start off with love from Peter Wilkinson Thiel. Not to be confused with Peter Thiel, the real rich billionaire. This is the radio guy I worked with a couple years ago. Also, Ruthann Miller, Clarence E. Springer, Derek Jones, uh, Jeanette A. Danielson, Kevin Clay, and also Shelly Moore and Marsha White Biz. Moving on to the Twitter love. People who showed us extra love on the Twitter this week include folks like Susan Newman, Ph.D., Simple Life, Candy735, Thank you, Candy. Friendly DMV. Also, Tina Ginger fans. Uh, Tina Tigers fan. Can't, Can't read that one very well. The Nom Nom Happy Hour podcast. Love when podcasters hook up with podcasts. Plus the Book of Lies podcast. Good Pods and Sturm Enrich. Thank you so much, folks, for showing us extra love inside this week's in your love for what we had going on in the conversation. Now, let's move on quickly to the Almost Relevant Story of the Week. That story happens to be number 203 this week. It becomes the Almost Relevant Story by being at the low end of the score, and it usually comes from being a story that is posted very late into the countdown, either uh, late-ish in the evening Thursday or very early Friday morning when we cut this thing off. This one happens to be a Thursday cutoff, so a lot of the Friday stuff that popped in has a very good chance of surviving the weekend or the full week and maybe popping up next week in the countdown because they weren't very low. This one happened to be one that you may think is is sort of relevant because you may not think this store is relevant. But it is what it is. Posted on Thursday, September the 12th. And as we said earlier, it is less responsive than the number one story this week of 35,300. That's all the reference you get other than, in fact, it was posted on Thursday. GameStop closing hundreds of stores as it continues to reboot. The source, comicbook.com. Some lines from their story go like this. Today, during its new earnings call, GameStop announced that it will be closing between 180 and 200 underperforming stores around the world between now and the end of 2019. Despite a struggling year, GameStop claims that of its 5,700 stores worldwide, 95% of them are profitable this past quarter. In other words, it's trimming the fat and closing the doors on stores that haven't been as profitable. And these 180 to 200 closures are just the beginning, the much larger plan that will see even more closures over the next two years. Quote, while that is an impressive statistic, we have a clear opportunity to improve our overall profitability by de-desensifying our chain. Said GameStop representative, that work is well underway we are on track to close between 180 and 200 underperforming stores globally by the end of the fiscal year. And while these closures were more optimistic or opportunistic, we are applying a more definite analytic approach, including profit levels and sales transferability, that we expect will yield a much larger tranche in closures over the coming 12 to 24 months. That During its last quarter, GameStop posted a net loss of $415 million continuing its decline and its decreasing market value. However, despite this, GameStop has some bullish plans, a part of its reboot, which includes partially shifting to a focus on eSports and retro gaming. That said, GameStop isn't expecting profits anytime soon. However, this could change with the new console generations coming next holiday season. Click the link inside of the podcast and you can go deeper into All of these stories that we've had all day, and of course, this one right here, because it's a really interesting market detail if you're a business person, even if you're not a gamer, on how things work. As a person who operates a business, and to be honest, operates this business on many years at a loss, it's amazing how things work out in these way. Uh, GameStop lost over $400 million last year, and they're still out there selling games. And a lot of this is because of the way games work. A lot of this is because of the ways games are in decline. A lot of these things are the way the market is with towards esports. I've tried to get into esports and just for the market value, and trust me, watching people sh- uh, play uh, first-person shooter games isn't all that interesting to me. But it's growing, so somehow someone's going to make some money off of it. And the fact that most of the gaming coming these days comes from either something like a, a retro console game, where right now they're literally selling old old video game con- boxes, arcade boxes to people, uh, is, is an amazing thing. They're selling the old stuff as the new to keep things going. So check out the link for this one to go deeper into the story, see how the business level of this thing is actually working, and you can see for yourself of how GameStop looks to save itself, even though $400 million a year loss, Technically, not that bad. Some of the companies that you know and love are doing even worse and are showing no signs of trying to fix things out, which is the weirdness of the big world of business. No weirdness coming up in the next segment. We're going to talk about... Stories number 11 through 15, rounding out the top 15, we call it. These are stories that didn't make it into the tops and a little bit reasons of why coming up in mere moments. On the wrap-up show from ThisIsTheConversation.com, this is me, Jake Payne, bringing this show for the week ending September the 14th, 2019. Noah Kagan took the ability to be number one or fairly early into many businesses that blew up and then getting fired from those businesses into a way to run his own business, his own way and want to share that love of business and how he runs business with you as well. He does it in a very fun way, sometimes a very foul mouth way, but it's something that always teaches you something about how to do things, and he's always looking to get you ahead, help you get ahead, and he has a podcast. He has a lot of stuff going on. He is creator of AppSumo and many other sumo things, uh, but he has a podcast that comes out, not as frequently as I like it, called Noah Kagan Presents, and you can see him on YouTube. You can see him wherever your podcasts. are and what Noah Kagan Presents is essentially anything he wants to present. He's always experimenting with different type of content, but the best content he has is when he talks about how he manages things in his business When he talks to people who help him run his business or people who run businesses that he knows on how businesses run. And then every so often does something a bit more creative storytelling things wise as well. He did a very long, detailed and um, very interesting uh, talk about um, his uh, trip to Central America to to, uh, use um, Ashwana, the um, the new druggy drug thing that people are taking to find higher consciousness. And it was an interesting take. I'm not going down here to take Ashwan anytime soon, but it was something that was very interesting on something that a person on that level gets to do, and he gets to share it with those of us who aren't quite on that level. Check him out. As I said, sometimes it's um, a little foul. Sometimes it's it's really fun, uh, but it's something that if you can understand what's going on, he will definitely give you great insights on how business can be run, and he's always doing what he can to help other people improve their business, including run his own business App Sumo. Look for Noah Kagan Presents pretty much anywhere your pod you can want to find a podcast, or just search for Noah Kagan Presents as a part of his, his website, okdork.com. That's his new website, okdork.com. Links to his podcasts are there as well. Check it out. Noah Kagan will take good care of you. Trust me, Noah Kagan Presents, the next podcast you should be checking out, the podcast we're sponsoring this week, as a part of our goal to help spread the world on better podcasts and of course be a better podcasting citizen. Long-time listeners to the podcast know that we are shifting up the way things are working around. Uh, we have, we're have we trying our best to eliminate the housekeeping segment and just do the housekeeping in-house as things are going along. We're doing our best to speed up the reading and the articles parts we're reading for the stories to shorten up the first segment with the top 10. And we've shifted so far the shout-outs to the second segment, and we still have the top one through or eleven through fifteen. Here we're doing our best. We're coming up with better timing for this thing. This one's going to go a little longer than last week's did, but we're doing what we can to make things time out much, much easier. Let us know how well we're doing or how not well we're doing and what we should add back or take more away of by emailing us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. So, to quickly get ourselves out of this mess we're in, which is the podcast, we're going to move ahead to the rounding out the top fifteen. And that means we just go through stories eleven through fifteen, stories not quite in. The top 10 and tell you basically maybe why they're not there. Not much context other than their number and the date they were posted, and you can kind of take away from most of that where things were in doubt. Number 11 this week Starbucks to offer mental health benefits uh, that was posted on Friday, September the 6th. This was a source from Yahoo Finance, um, so that's where it came from. A few lines from the actual article. Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson said addressing mental health will be the latest benefit the coffee giant will offer its employees. This week in Chicago, Starbucks will bring about 12,000 store managers from the U.S. to Canada for its leadership conference, and in conversations and surveys with those employees, the coffee giant realized the need to put mental health on its agenda. In an interview with Yahoo Finance, Johnson said that the company found that some employees were afraid to reach out to employee assistance program, so they're working to enhance the program which provides short-term counseling services. We believe this is a societal problem and we want to take steps within Starbucks for our partners to break the stigma of mental health. Acknowledge that exists and do some creative things, provide services in those in need. There'll also be other announcements to come. Johnson said A company wide memo on Thursday. Johnson said that our store managers and field leaders will experience a mental health matters session with a clinical psychologist that will introduce emotional first aid followed by discussions about what it means to thrive and develop in self-awareness. There's a little bit more to the story, but we're going to go ahead and move on because we're going with time. But this is a great thing for Starbucks. Is a person who once upon a time was a barista at Starbucks and knows the um, ins and outs of being a Starbucks person and sort of the drinking the Kool-Aid or the coffee since their coffee chain, if you will, on um, being a part of the culture and what they actually offer It's a great company that offers great things, but like all companies, it has its certain flaws in certain areas. And this is one that sounds like a great thing up front, and it is a great thing to offer up more help for mental health services. The biggest backlash comes from people who wonder, well, if you're offering up all these mental health issues things for people, will that come back to haunt them or bite the employee who takes on these things? As they said, people were afraid to use some of the services because of some issues. So if they basically take on the mental health issues, will that come back to hurt them? That's always something that you always wonder about when people do things for you. So we'll see whether Starbucks, who doesn't get a bad rep on that end, even though they get some bad reps on pay and some things like that, we'll see how that helps or hurts them in the long run. Number 12, Texas forced the LSU band to sit in the nosebleed seats in the pettiest move of the college football weekend. On the first weekend of college football, this is what happened. This just posted on Sunday, September the 8th, so right after this. This was a big game, the biggest game on in the first weekend of full-time college football. And it was Texas versus LSU as the teams were extremely chippy that day. They both called themselves D-back U which sort of sounds like you think is something bad. Basically, they both say that they both have lockdown defenses. Their defensive backs were the best. Uh, so Texas was hosting this week. Texas is in the middle of some renovations to make their stadium even huger, which is almost done. But in the process, they left out or maybe neglected on purpose a place to set the students and the visitors for LSU. So LSU's band, instead of having a sideline section nearby, had a section way, way up in the top, like third tier of the stadium. It was petty. It was it was weird. It was watching it on TV. It was like when they went to LSU band, how they seemed so far away to find out they literally were like 20 miles away from all the action. It was petty. It was kind of funny. And the last laugh went to LSU, who won that game anyway. This is Insider, by the way, the source for that. They source a lot of things. It's just what happened on that one. As we said, posted on Sunday, September the 8th. Number 13, what caused the mass panic at Newark Airport? Racism. Friday, September the 6th, the day we posted this one. This is an odder story, so I'm going to kind of break it down um, as best as possible. We pulled the story from BuzzFeed, and basically what happened was there were two men who were in the airport area in um in Alaska Airlines um, uh, gate area uh, in the New York Airport and on Labor Day and so it's vi- busy day things going on and there are two men of Chinese origin Chinese descent who were in the the area one guy said that he was nervous uh, about flying back he was nervous about flying back because he's having issues of basically being scared of going back to classes and he he it was it was um sort of Implied by the person that he said, one of the security people, that he was nervous because of the other Chinese guy in the terminal, which caused the other Chinese guy in the terminal to be questioned heavily about his origin, which seemed to make no sense. At some point, they evacuated the area because it was just all sort of confusion going on, but it was just a weird, weird situation. It's hard. My mumbling through it basically doesn't give it justice, but check out the link inside our website. This is the conversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, week ending September the 14th, 2019. And you can read the story for yourself. This is a story that I'm surprised made it this high. It was one of those things that kind of nagged at me a little bit, but I didn't think it would actually break into the top 15, which it did. It did at the number 13 spot. Number 14 story, I knew all along should make it here somewhere. I thought it was going to hold off high enough to stay as a lower 10 or 9 maybe, but not quite. So, But we do get a chance to read a bit of the news of Ms. Minaj and her decisions. Her headline is, Nicki Minaj says she's retiring to, quote, have a family. Friday, September the 6th, is the day that we posted this one, uh, that headline particularly came from Fox News. Let me read a bit about Fox News and what they said about the Nicki Minaj. Rapper Nicki Minaj has said she is retiring from the music industry. The Megatron rapper shared the news with her fans on Twitter Thursday and asked for support for the next stage of her life. Quote, I've decided to retire and have a family. I know you guys are happy now, she wrote. To my fans, keep repping me, do it till the death of me in the box cause ain't nobody checking me. Love you for life. That should be more melodic, but I totally butchered that one. A referee Minaj did not respond to Fox's request for comment. Might Because they were Fox. The 36-year-old musician's line about starting a family fuels recent rumors that she's expecting a baby with controversial fiance Kenneth Petty. People reported in July, that's People Magazine, that The Verge that a verse in the rapper's track Zanies and Fools contain lyrics that may reference a pregnancy. Here's that verse. He the Clyde to my Bonnie, about to walk down the aisle and be a mommy. Ooh, I remember when I cried like, why me? Now I wouldn't exchange my life for Armani. Followed by, or I guess that was in a tweet. With a picture and whatnot. That's all the article there is. Nick Minaj says she's retiring. She's going to start a family. You can take that as any way you want to. You want to chat it up? Email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and we can chat this one up or anything else up that we discussed throughout this week. And finally, seriously wrap seriously wrapping up the top 15 is the story at 15. And this is the headline that it has. A YouTube, YouTuber. With almost 1 million subscribers, sold microwave meals from his apartment on food delivery app Deliveroo, pretending to be a restaurant called the Italian Stallion. Business Insider popped us with that one as well, posted on Monday, September the 9th. I'm going to quickly go through this one as well, though I can't do this one justice, but I'm going to do it my best to um, do it injustice, I guess. So a YouTuber who had lots of fat followers decided he was going to do something cool, see if he could gin up uh, some response for this thing. So his name is Josh Peters. He used the UK delivery-based app Deliveroo, and him and a magician friend, oddly enough, created the name Italian Stallion, built a website, and set it up for people to make their orders so they can pick up their orders. And what they did, they just essentially made microwave spaghetti and deliver it to people, but the odd thing was, because it was more of a prank, when they would drop off the orders, they'd also have the cash back for the orders that they made. So they made no money from this little trick, and it wasn't so much a way to out the Deliveroo app people. It just was sort of a, a funny thing to see if they, if they could make it work. Oddly enough, they made it work very, very well and they were, were a little maybe maybe ashamed and maybe just really proud and uh, so they would make sure that everybody in was in on the joke and everybody got a chance to have a little fun in what was happening what's going on so if you were a part of that great experiment and ordered from the Italian style and we have a lot of people who listen overseas in England and Australia and just places not the United States let us know drop us an email and we will talk about that one too as well to and as well mean the same thing. But that's just a sign that we are done to as well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast, going through the full thing and dealing with the growing pains we're having with the shifts and how things are working. Some are working better than others. Some are not working as well as we thought, but this is a growing experience, and your input helps us all along the way. Input along the way by emailing us at inbox at gmail.com, and check out the website for hooking up with us as well. That, of course, is conversation.com. My main email address is jclevenpain at gmail.com or or check out my website, jclevenpain.net, for all the sources of things that I got going on. Some of them making more sense than others. Some of them more updated than others as well. As far as as this, this podcast and our website goes, make sure you follow us on social media as well so you can be a part of the actual conversations, a part of the podcast and the links that we have at the end of the week. Follow us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. And as you see the links come through your feeds, like them, love them, hate them, do what you want to do to respond to them. The more response they get, the better they go. As far as the podcast goes, I know I said as far as a lot this week, uh, but as far as the podcast goes, we want you to share the podcast with as many people as you know, friends, strangers, Complete enemies, just folks, random people you meet on the street. Grab their phones, subscribe to the podcast, hand it back to them, and they will say thank you. They always do. Trust me. Uh, make sure you yourself are actually subscribed so you don't miss out on episodes here as well. And just keep being a great member of the community because we need you guys out there. Follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash conversation, or this is conversation.com slash Patreon and be a patron, help us out. And of course, visit our sponsors anytime. The big sponsor we're highlighting this week is this is a conversation.com slash Cloud9. Cloud9 Living will help take care of your great adventure that you're ready to go on to. And of course, check out their our big time podcast we're supporting this week. And that is, of course, okdork.com, which is the home for Noah Kagan Presents and a lot of Noah Kagan stuff as well. A lot of calls to actions, a lot of rambling, a lot of stuff out of time. This is the part where I say thank you three times and get us out of here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't do this without you. You've just heard all the ways you can help out, so make sure you're helping us out. The biggest way is, of course, being here next week. Another great edition of the Top 10 Stories of the Week, as said by you from the Wrap-Up Show, from This Is a Conversation with me, Jacob and Payne, from, as I just said, thisisaconversation.com.